This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. As anxious people, we know it can be hard to ask for help when you're struggling with your mental health. BetterHelp offers customised online therapy where you can video call, phone or have live chat sessions with your therapist. Without a healthy mind, being truly happy and at peace is hard. But the good news is therapy works and it could work for you. Maybe you're not feeling motivated right now and would like some tools to help. Or maybe you're not dealing very well with stress. We know these are things that we struggle with as self-employed artists ourselves. Join the millions of people who are seeing what online therapy is really about. You can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. And a special offer to all Out of Ink listeners, you can get 10% off your first month of professional therapy at betterhelp.com slash outofink. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash outofink. Thanks again to BetterHelp for sponsoring this podcast. And welcome to the Out of Ink podcast with myself, B. Baranoska, and Molly Lemon. This is the podcast where two anxious creatives talk openly and honestly about life as an artist. Why are you laughing at me? What have I done to your face? Oh my god, your eyebrows! I got a new computer. That I'm trying out today. <laughs> Molly started the podcast by putting big fake eyebrows on herself. <laughs> because this new computer, the camera is such good quality. I had like a over 10 year old iMac. It was 2011. <laughs> the camera on it was so bad, wasn't it? You could bet, like I was really overexposed. I had no features. Beers you had were to very overexposed, so yeah. So we were quite excited that, that I might have features this week. But then I tried the camera earlier and it basically, it, it doesn't just show off my spots, it enhances them, it really sharpens them up. So I thought the eyebrows might be a good distraction from my face. Is it working? Um. Yeah, I love it. Are there any other effects? Um. Yeah, hang on. <laughs> I've now got yellow eyebrows. Anyway, oh, yeah. you have to turn this off and get professional. I can't, yeah, I can't take you seriously with yellow eyebrows, I'm sorry. Great, <laughs> How's that cheered you up, B? Because I hope you don't mind me saying that your general persona in the last week is kind of a little bit miserable. <laughs> Adam said to me today, have you cheered up yet? Because I don't know if I can stand to be around you if you're still, if you're still as miserable as you've been. So, yeah. I think I caught your misery earlier today and then ended up in like a spiral to such a point that my voice notes forced you to become positive and reassuring. So I feel like I might have got you out of that ditch you were in. Why were you miserable today? I was having imposter syndrome about the podcast and you were trying to calm me down. Oh yeah. But I think the real reason I was miserable today is because (laughs) because you were miserable today. (laughs) Yeah, we come out in sympathy with each other really. And I thought I would come to the podcast game this week mm. with very exciting house news. Mm. It's been a week and I'm still waiting yeah. for the house news and it's just made me utterly miserable for seven days. We'll keep it vague, but you did kind of have house news, that like you kind of got the house. 
We've kind of probably maybe got the house, <laughs> but it's so <laughs> it's not set in stone. And you know, like I didn't want to jinx it. And it's such a complicated sale because the people who lived there died, and then they didn't leave it to anyone in their will. So they've just found some people that live in Sri Lanka in Australia and they've called them up and they've gone do you want to share this house money and they've gone yeah all right but because of the time difference it just is a bit of a nightmare getting them to accept offers and stuff yeah and the latest installment is one of the parties is like maybe I don't want to sell this house and uh, (laughs) so now you're not even sure if the house is for sale anymore but it is off the market and it was promised to you but now it might not be so basically you can see Mm. why you're miserable from all that because that would make Mm. anyone miserable because the worst thing is not knowing yeah hopefully next week there'll be a happier update or a sadder update but either way all we want is an update This week's anxiety scale is cinema snacks. And I love going to the cinema. We have the nicest local cinema. It's just, yeah, one of my favourite things. Anyway, should I dive on in or do you want to go first? Mm. You want me to go first? You dive on in. Okay. So for number 10, my least anxious day ever, I have written poppets. Which are those little milk chocolate balls and in inside is toffee. Oh, Bee's got some in front of her, but she's got the wrong ones. She's got the mint ones. No, these are the only ones. These are the best ones. Mint and dark chocolate. It's not quite as fun, but I would eat them definitely and very happily. The best thing about them, other than the taste, is that they're in little cardboard boxes, so they're plastic-free and relatively silent, which is important with your cinema snack. (laughs) No, no, because when you tip them up, they make a really loud rattling noise. It's not as bad as crackly, though. As what? Crackly. Like a crackly noise, like a packet or something. Oh, yeah, like a crisp, yeah. Yeah. Which brings me on to number one. Mm. My most anxious day, my least favourite cinema snack, would be... A packet of barbecue crisps. And the reason being, I could eat barbecue crisps very happily at any other point in my life. But in the cinema, it's very loud. And they also smell. So it's like a double whammy of, like, you just don't bring that into the cinema. (laughs) One time I was in the cinema and someone brought in, like, a Subway sandwich. Like, a (laughs) full-on, foot-long Subway sandwich. Oh, no, that would have been so smelly. It was. Today, I am sweet popcorn. Okay, <laughs> I, I'd rate that really highly, but I feel like, because you were feeling a bit sad today, it's probably not so high. Um, Four. Yes, popcorn's a bit meh, and also toffee popcorn is like way up at N8, I'd say. So it's just okay. no, nowhere near. Right, I think I've severely misinterpreted this <laughs> anxiety <laughs> So, number 10, that's fine, but you'll see what I mean when I get to my oh, other one. Oh, no. How can you misinterpret this? Right. Number 10. I'm so confused. I- I've just put popcorn. I'm not going to be specific because I just not? think if you're at the cinema and you have to choose a snack, it's got to be popcorn and anything else at top place is unacceptable. Okay. I like a sweet and salty mix. Oh, God. <laughs> if I had to choose between sweet and salty, I'd choose sweet. Mm. So it wouldn't. Your four is my ten. When I was little, if I would ever go to the cinema with my parents, they were too tight to pay for popcorn, so we'd make it at home <laughs> in the microwave, and then my mum would pour it into sandwich bags and salt it herself. So we, <laughs> so we had salted popcorn. It sounds wholesome. 
<laughs> my parents are like really careful with their money in a really good way mm. they're the best people with finances that i know just think how much they've saved yeah sweet and salty popcorn a big big bucket of it mm. these days are you looking at like 15 pounds are you yeah i don't know i would never get popcorn at the cinema i've got to say it's pick and mix or it's poppets mm. okay now this is where <laughs> this is where I've misinterpreted this a little bit. But I thought this was just foods that you absolutely wouldn't eat at the cinema. So number yeah. one, I've put curry. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I guess that would be a really bad cinema snack. <laughs> I was just thinking of foods that would be really impractical to eat in the cinema. Curry rated number one because smelly. Imagine yeah. someone with a big smelly curry. <laughs> what a mess of an anxiety scale. <laughs> okay, and then today, I feel like I'm always this number, but I've put myself at a three. Do you want to take a guess? <laughs> How the hell am I meant to guess when number one was curry? I've got all the foods in the world that you might bring into a cinema, but no one ever If you guess it, I'm going to give you a really good prize. Okay, I'm going to say a burger. (laughs) No. I've put corn on the cob. (laughs) (laughs) It's so random, but just imagine having to pull bits of corn out of your teeth in the cinema and... Oh, I just didn't think it would be the one. Can I just say, it's not random mm. at all. Popcorn's made from sweet corn. So you've gone right on theme there. There you go. What a mess. Next time, next anxiety scale, we'll have a conversation beforehand just so you fully understand the brief. <laughs> no, I don't think I misinterpreted the brief at all. I picked foods that would be ridiculous to eat in the cinema. But they're not cinema snacks. <laughs> It wasn't food to eat at oh, the cinema. Oh, I thought the theme was food to eat at the cinema. No, it literally cinema snacks. The curry is not a snack. <laughs> this week, we're going to be discussing branding. Thank you if you've sent in any questions for us to answer. Right. What makes successful branding for a creative business and what does it involve? So... I think it really does depend on each individual business as to what's going to be successful. But your branding comes from who you are and what your products are and what inspires them. So choosing that as a starting point is probably a good way to go. I think successful branding is probably like being cohesive as a whole. So like have a nice logo, have nice packaging, have nice products and then make sure it all ties together nicely. Yeah. You want someone to see that that's you and that you've put the time and thought into making sure that it not necessarily matches, like you're not saying it all has to be the same colour, but that it just looks like it's all a part of your brand. Yeah. It's important to think who your customers are. I always find that question really difficult though, you know, when you have to try and pinpoint Mm. the age and gender Mm. of your customer. I genuinely don't think I know the answer to that. No. Because I think a lot of my customers are female, I could answer that, but I couldn't really tell you how old they were yeah but i think rather than like concentrating on what they look like are they really into being outside and being in nature what are their interests basically yeah i had to think about that when i was setting up like a facebook ad and it asks you what other pages your followers will follow Mm. so they can basically target those people and i did find it really hard to answer and i just ended up putting in things that i like that Mm. i also follow but because i am the brand so i sort of figure you know if i like 
national trust or going on walks and national trust that there's a good chance some of my followers might also so yeah definitely i feel like through my branding and what i've been putting out there and content i've collected a lot of quite sensitive probably quite anxious people (laughs) maybe quite similar to me and i think that's why i have the nicest customers who are really always like supportive and understanding i get a lot of messages like don't rush the order like very the kind of things Mm. i'd send and i feel like it's mirrored back at me quite a lot that's really nice which i guess means my branding's worked in a way because they're the kind of people that you want to attract I guess people that are similar to you I think it's easy to see the word branding and think that you have to be referring to like a physical object like a logo but actually yeah your branding is what you're putting out into the world so you you just your Instagram page is your branding and your Instagram page is really successful and and you can look at that and it all ties together and you can see who you are as an artist and you should be proud of that and you should stop being hard on yourself (laughs) about your branding Yeah, that's interesting because I think I definitely thought logo and a lot of our questions were Mm. about logos and things like that. And you think website, you think quite traditional, whereas a lot of artists push customers through from their social media now. So your branding is kind of encompassing a lot of different platforms that all need to be working together. Yeah, and it's how you show yourself as well to the world, isn't it? Like you want to put something forward that other people are going to resonate with. Mm. So next question. Do you think it's worth buying branded packaging, e.g. tissue paper and envelopes, even though it's often very expensive? I put off buying branded packaging from No Issue, one of our sponsors, for ages because of the cost. Mm. And I was just scared that it was too much of an investment. But actually, it's probably one of the best things I ever did. And it's probably one of the strongest parts of my branding. Mm. And I'm really proud wrapping stuff in it. And I think it was a good investment. So, Mm. yeah. I'd say it's a good thing to do if you're thinking about it. Yeah, I think it's good because I I have stickers with my logo on and that helps Mm. like a cohesive image. So for us, I think it works. So we put a lot into our branded packaging. But say you're a small business where you're everything centred around being really eco which is something that's really important to both our brands but if that mm. was really central and you were quite new starting out and you didn't have loads of orders reusing boxes and reusing tissue paper can be part of your branding yeah definitely i've bought from lots of brands that have been like they put a sticker on saying i'm being reused and that is part of your branding you don't need to spend any money on packaging other than a few stickers to explain why i think it's always good to explain why it's wrapped in different packaging that's not your own (laughs) because always it could feel a bit random but i think done really well that can be really positive and really effective yeah um what are your thoughts on using your name versus a shop name as an artist so i think using your name is quite powerful especially on things like instagram my handle and my business is molly lemon art so that's obviously my name and then what i make and i came up with that name before i learnt wood engravings so thankfully i didn't call <laughs> it like molly lemon and then whatever i was doing then <laughs> um which is why it's good to keep it broad and why your name can be a really good thing because you're always going to be called that and also when commenting on someone's post you know they know your name Mm. and it feels like they get to know you a bit easier I have lots of people that comment and their name's not in their handle or on their page and then I feel like I can't get to know them sometimes I don't know anything about them because I don't have their Mm. name but then if you're called like Sam Smith first Mm. of all that's a famous singer so (laughs) it's not going to be great to find you online 
and also it's quite a common name so you got that to contend with as well i would say having the name baron oscar yeah i also just use my name as my you know my business name but it's not an easy name to spell and i always wondered whether i should simplify it or make up a name for my shop and yeah. business i never did because i never I, there was never anything that i thought fitted it well enough yeah but it is something that does worry me a bit that maybe people see my work and then they sit at their computer going how do you spell that name again yeah no i don't think so because your first name's so easy like it's three letters and on instagram you'll be the illustrator people don't need to know your second name on social media really not on social media no but my website is bbaronoska.com so i suppose i think it just makes it sound interesting there's so many businesses that are like something and something, aren't they? That I feel yeah. like are just two words that people have like plucked out the air and gone, that sounds cool together. I was always really jealous and always, always thought I need to be called something and something. But I didn't want to just have a random name. I wanted it to mean something. So I think unless you do have something that, you know, really sticks with you as a brand yeah. that you want to call yourself other than your name, then that's fine. But yeah. it just needs to be relevant, I think. Yeah, and if your brand is something that's not your name, definitely put your name in your Instagram bio so people actually know mm. what you're called. Because I think it's an important, important part of like society. Everyone has a name. And if you don't have one on social <laughs> media, then it's like we don't know quite how to interact with you. How do you brand an art business visually? It seems more straightforward for other industries. Um, I kind of know what you mean. Like, I think if you think of like a supermarket, like Sainsbury's, they have just a word and a colour, and it just, it mm. has to appeal to basically everyone in society. <laughs> Yeah, because everyone needs food. Yeah, it has to be like quite plain but bright and simple. Whereas with an artist, because all our artworks different styles, if your branding reflects your style, then it will attract the right people to buy your work. You can be mm. a bit out there with your art branding. You don't have to keep it with like muted colours that will go with everything. But it's a tricky one because if when I think about my logo, I don't think that it's that it necessarily says much about me as an illustrator because it's just my name written out. I don't think so because logos can be really plain. Like logo, logos can just be a signature, but your logo isn't your branding. Like your logo is mm. part of your branding. So I'm looking at your website right now, and like you've got <laughs> a little chicken tapping his foot, which I think is quite humorous. And I think it's nice to put in humor in because that's part of you. So it doesn't have to be, like, serious. Hmm, yeah. And you've got nature, you've got your tagline, which is... Illustrations to bring the outside in. As in, one of the central things in my brand is, um, yeah, reconnecting people with nature. Yeah. I don't have a tagline. My logo is... I think I was thinking, like, what is central to me and my work, which is valuing traditional skills, being in nature because I grew up on Dartmoor and in, like, rural landscapes of Britain and the environmental element of donating to environmental charities. So I was, think I was trying to encompass all that in a logo, which is not <laughs> a good idea because you don't need to fit all that in your logo. You need to fit all that on your website and, you know, in your newsletter. Um, so my logo's got tools, it's got ink, it's got leaves so i like your logo i really like your logo color is a good place to start with branding if you're really unsure uh, when i made my website a few years ago mm. the first thing i did is i sat down and i made a color palette and i had four colors that were like key colors mm. that i was going to use most and then i had four sort of secondary colors 
And I still use that now. I still open it up and use the colours for, you know, newsletters or marketing materials or like thank you notes just to make sure I've got the same colour. Yeah. And I'd never had that before designing the website. It's just something that came about, but it is really useful. Have you ever changed your mind on your own branding and how often should you have a rebrand? I don't use the logo that I started off with. It mm. was a drawing of a bumblebee. Mm. I see what you did there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> real, real original. Um, on a piece of calico fabric and it was mm. sewn on and it was in a hexagon. Then it had two bees over the top of it. And that was my first ever logo. And yeah, I don't use it anymore. Actually, it is on the back of some cards still. Oh, I know it actually. Yeah. 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 Now you say it. But it's totally not me anymore because it was when I was doing textiles and so... I don't think you should ever be scared to have a rebrand if you find that you've outgrown your old logo. Yeah, but also a good tip is don't create a logo. You'll need to rebrand regularly. Like maybe if you're into textiles, but you don't know if you're going to be doing it forever, don't put fabric in your logo, that kind of thing. You want to know. My first logo was I designed it when I was 14. I had it till I was 22, I think. (laughs) What was it? Well, guess what it was. A lemon. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, look, we both went down the same road. It was just a lemon and it was called Lemon Creations. Oh, that's quite nice. Anyway... So I had to rebrand and I, but I did wait to rebrand till I'd been doing Wedding Raving for two years and knew it was my thing. Mm. I was looking at my website today because I was thinking about branding and like the text on your website. I was thinking, I definitely write in the first person because I'm more like chatty. I think it'd be more relatable. And Mm. I look at my website and I'm like, that's in the third person. I didn't realise that I wrote about myself in the third person on my homepage. Did you? What's it say? Just Molly is amazing, you know, the <laughs> usual flow of a website. But then I clicked onto my portfolio page and my contact page and then it's in the first person. <laughs> so I really need to sort that out. That's not rebranding, that's just having a tweak with your website. Yeah, but I guess it's part of rebranding. Like, thinking about all of this has made me think I really should spend a bit of time on it and think about really what I'm trying to get across. Mm. And also, the other thing I feel like I do really badly is, like, I use one font... Well, maybe a couple of fonts in my newsletter, a couple of fonts in my website. (laughs) Like, I have a lot that I use. And because I don't don't know which one to use, I need some help. You're going to have to help me. (laughs) You can use more than one font, just because I'm absolutely obsessed with my font and I use it for everything. (laughs) I think it helps it to be cohesive, though. If your newsletter looks like your website, that's probably a good thing. Well, it's interesting that this has made you think about that anyway. Yeah, definitely. Like, I think you coast along thinking, oh, everything's fine, when really maybe it does need a bit of a refresh. But if I'm honest, I don't have the energy for that this year, so I'm going to put it (laughs) off to at least next year. I've got two logos now because I've got my one that's just my writing, Mm. black and white logo. And Mm. then I've got a circular one that's my font that I now use for everything with a little chicken under it. And I use both Mm. of them. And I think that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'd like... We're artists. There aren't really that many rules. I mean, you can do branding badly, to be fair. But I just think as long as... You're reaching the right customers. You're probably doing okay. How much should you spend on good branding? I, I've never... Uh, mm. <laughs> mm. 
that I've never paid anyone to do branding for me. Yeah. Because as artistic people, I kind of was under the impression that we would be able to do it ourselves. I feel branding is quite difficult for me because I, I feel like I don't have that graphic design eye. I don't quite know how to translate my work and my designs into that kind of brand image. So I can see why outsourcing would be helpful. But as you were saying, like it would be good to do it yourself because then it's going to really come from you. Yeah. And also, you know your brand better than anyone else. So if you give someone a list of things that the branding needs to represent, they might yeah. they might not quite get it or they might misinterpret it. I don't think it's a bad thing to yeah. outsource it if it's if it's not your, you know, if it's not something you think you're particularly good at. It's just not something I have experience in. So it's hard to say how much you should spend on it. Yeah, there is a risk that if they're branding lots of different companies or lots of different artists all day, they could end up looking quite similar to each other mm. and not being unique yeah. and your brand really needs to be unique. But if it's asking about branding as a whole, then I think it is good to invest in things like we've talked about, like stickers, Mm. tissue paper, maybe stamps for your envelopes, things that tie everything up together so that when somebody places an order with you and it arrives mm. it's it's nice it feels like opening a gift and it's wrapped nicely it's clear where it's from that they're, they're going to remember you because they might think oh that was such lovely tissue paper or oh the logo on the envelope was really lovely you know something that mm. is going to make you memorable and maybe bring you back some repeat customers and that I think is definitely worth investing in yeah my logo because i'm not good with like digital illustration but i needed it to be digital i engraved on wood printed it scanned it colored it digitally so mine that was how i got around that but also like if you're not haven't got lots of skills in say uh, working digitally maybe your logo could be your signature or like i think it's ben goodman the printmaker. I could be wrong, but I think his business cards are like, they're just white, I think, but then they've got inky fingerprints just on them. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah, so like something really simple that's like a bit of you. It doesn't need to be fancy. You don't need to be spending loads of money on getting someone to design a slick logo. No. That's not going to represent who you are. So that's what I'd say about it. But there, I'm sure there would be people that you could go to and pay and then they'd help you talk it through and you would come out with something really nice. But don't feel you have to. Yeah, I agree. If you're listening to this and, like me, feeling like your branding maybe isn't reflecting exactly what you want it to, maybe, don't be intimidated by the prospect of rebranding. You can work on it over a couple of years and think about it and change things. And then when you do rebrand, look at it as an opportunity. It's almost like launching your business again, but, like, in a fun way. And, like, just shout about it and let people know this is the new face of your business and make something positive out of it. Yeah, I would just say that you are your brand. You could put a lot of thought into it, but actually at the end of the day, anything that you're going to put out there is probably going to be a little piece of you and you could definitely overthink it. Mm. But just have some faith in yourself and your brand. So we have some exciting podcast news and that is that we have hit 20,000 listens. So thank you so much to everyone who's listened, shared, subscribed, left us lovely reviews. You've helped us get there and it's a big milestone for Out of Ink. It is. And we are just putting plans together to do a live Instagram episode. So we'll announce the date and time of that in next week's episode. So next week, we're going to be talking about studio spaces, working from home versus working in a shared space and what makes a nice studio. 
So if you have any questions, please email them into outofinkpodcast at gmail.com or send me or Molly a DM on Instagram. Me and B are meeting up on the weekend, which is the first time since January. It's been like three really? months. Yeah. That's so sad. I'm really, really looking forward to just like drowning in misery together because I think <laughs> it's going to be real fun. Yep. Can you make your signature pina coladas again, please? Oh, yeah. That would help with the misery. We can have a party. Drink the night a away. A podcast party. Podcast. Actually, oh my God. What? It's our one year out of ink podcast anniversary. When? Hang on. I knew you thought the podcast was ending, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was the 16th of April. It's, it's Easter Saturday. We'll be busy. Um, Oh, well, excitement over. Oh. I'm just really looking forward to actually doing something this weekend. So I actually have something to talk about next week. We'll have to do some real crazy stuff so we can come back with some exciting stories. I think so, yeah. I think the pina coladas will, will definitely help. So just stay tuned because... It's going to be a wild one. 